Hello and welcome to Her Ambitious Career, the success podcast for corporate women who want more from their lives and careers. Each week, we share career and leadership strategies to help you set stretching goals, own your value, build visibility and credibility, gain recognition, get paid and confidently take your career to that next level. Whatever your ambition, let's do this thing. Now, here's your host and career success expert, Rebecca Allen. I am so glad you're here with me today. Welcome on in. My name is Rebecca Allen. And I'm a career success coach for corporate women. I'm absolutely delighted to be here today as ever. And today we're talking about people pleasing and specifically this idea of people pleasing when you're a leader. And is that a hindrance? Is that a help? I'm not quite sure. Let's find out. Um, You know, empathetic leadership is one of those things that we talk about a lot these days. It's very important that we don't rule by command. It's really important that we have empathy But what happens if you go to the absolute extreme end of that and you become this person who is very comfortable and becoming known for somebody who is always looking to make everybody else happy? Are there repercussions on your career? Are there repercussions for you? That's what I'm really exploring today. And I am really looking forward to getting stuck into this. It's something that I talk about with clients too. You know, we do have um, clients in the C-suite in our business. Our business is Illuminate Personal Growth. When we work with clients to help them really understand how their leadership is coming across and is it the kind of effective leadership that they really want it to be. So let's start first with the positives because there are plenty positives when it comes to being a real sort of people pleasing leader. And I want to talk about them first because I think it's important to acknowledge them. Because some of you who might be listening who feel like, you know, identifying with this idea of being a people pleaser might be thinking there's nothing wrong with being a people pleaser. And the reality is, is, you know, you might have been uh, in a performance review or something like that where you've been given that feedback. You're just too much of a people pleaser, for example, and it's seen as a negative thing. Perhaps it doesn't fit in with the culture that you're operating in at the moment to be that way. But perhaps, quite frankly, it does. Because I know in a lot of um, environments, um, you know, it does actually really work in your favor to be agreeable and to be that kind of person who is looking to benefit the entire group rather than just benefit themselves. So, look, I think there are plenty of positives of being agreeable, um, such as being and also being regarded as being an active listener. I think, you know, those two things often go hand in hand. You'll be perceived as a leader who has empathy, which is obviously important. If you're somebody who is looking to you know, benefit the people around you all the time, then absolutely you're going to be seen as that empathetic kind of character. Um, Perhaps you're going to be seen as somebody, a person, a leader who sees things from other people's perspectives as much as possible. And that's a strength, you know, that's a real um, strength. And as I say, you know, in communal communal, um, societies and a lot of Asian uh, markets, for example, it helps enormously Um, to be that kind of agreeable person where the group is more important than the individual. Being that agreeable leader can actually have massive, massive benefits and actually help build rapport. So I don't think you can cast any um, form of leadership as being, you know, purely bad or purely good. There are some benefits to being 
you know, a people pleaser when it comes to your leadership. And what's not, what, what's not to like about being agreeable? I mean, that's what people who are agreeable will be saying as they're listening to this. What's not to like about being that? But before we get into the heart of this discussion, I would just love to share a few comments um, about, you know, people pleasing leaders who I've worked with, for example, who I've coached. These are the thoughts and the um, ideas that they've shared with me over the years. And see if you can associate with any of these ideas. So, you know, people pleasers might say things like, yes, I will do that for you. You know, no problem. They might say, yes, I'll stop doing whatever I'm doing, which is very important as well, actually, um, to do what you're asking me to do instead. So they might just drop everything and jump to help you, to help you, you know, um, improve and progress and look good. Um, which obviously can be a boundary problem. It can be an issue of boundaries and allowing everybody just to trample on you and and um, sort of their, their work becomes a priority over yours. And people pleasers might also have thought processes that go along these lines. No, I do not want to have that awkward conversation with you at all, thanks. Um, because I avoid conflict at all costs. So people pleasers are very much people who avoid conflict. Um, maybe they see themselves as the peacekeeper in discussions. Um, and maybe they don't want to be seen as the bad guy. I've heard that many times. I just don't want to be seen as the bad guy, Rebecca. So let's rewind and let's dig a bit deeper into this concept of being a people-pleasing leader. What causes a leader to want to people-please in the first place? So I think that people-pleasers are so compelled to avoid conflict um, that they are prepared to give everybody around them what they want instead. And, you know, psychologists all around us will tell us that this boils down to fear. And it's a fear of rejection, ultimately. It's a fear of not belonging to the group. It's a fear of isolation. So we say yes, because we don't want people to think badly of us. We say yes to things because we don't want to be judged negatively. We say yes, because we don't want to be excluded from the group somehow. That's the underlying sort of reason, if you like, for wanting to be a people pleaser at the extreme end, obviously. And let's face it, I think, you know, when you're a new leader or even when you're a really established leader, it can be very isolating, very alienating because you've gone from being part of the group and then you've been elevated essentially to no longer being just part of the team. You're actually the boss. And I think a lot of leaders can feel alienated in that position. A lot of um, leaders find that very challenging. Um, and that obviously can create an inner conflict, if you like, within you, because you both want to be the boss and have that authority, obviously, that comes with being the leader of the group, but you still want to be liked. And there's this weird thing that goes on in your subconscious brain where you're saying, I can't have the two at the same time. They, these are two important wants of mine. I want to be seen as an authority, but I also want to be liked. And somewhere deep down in your subconscious brain, it's telling you that those things can't coexist simultaneously, that you can't have both of those things simultaneously. But I actually am here to challenge that thinking. I'm here to challenge that that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. And I think that when that need for belonging, if you like, belonging is a deep value, by the way, when that need for belonging is actually stronger than that need to appear authoritative, so the belonging wins out, if you like, over the authoritative need, then that's when you might lean far towards becoming too empathetic or too lenient or too easygoing or too much of a pushover, essentially. So that's when it happens, when one of the values wins out over the other one. So 
I think some leaders that I have um, coached who are in this people-pleasing bucket, if you like, they just want to be liked. I think that's the bottom line. And so they shy away from being too direct with team members. They shy away from having those critical conversations, um, whether that's around giving feedback or whether that's around um, challenging people's ideas. Um, and they avoid that conflict because they believe that it is a conflict uh, or a potential conflict. And they believe there's going to be some form of confrontation. And that is absolutely the last thing that they actually want to to have with anyone. Um, and there's actually been quite a lot of um, research, psychological research into understanding this kind of tendency. And there was a really interesting thing that I read around, um, I'll have to find the source for you. And there was a really interesting um, study that was looking into people pleasing and this idea that people pleasers can actually fear outshining other people because there's that fear of being disliked. So if I sort of succeed and you don't, then that's potentially going to damage my reputation. You're not going to like me anymore. I'm not going to belong to the group. So therefore, I actually don't want to succeed. I actually don't want to shine. What if I do well? That will alienate me further. That kind of thinking, which is totally fascinating, isn't it? That we actually could shoot ourselves in the foot and actually self-sabotage just to prevent ourselves from feeling like we've been alienated from the group. Um, and I think that that fear of rejection might also result in a leader constantly changing their mind. That idea that you might be swayed by, you know, how the wind is blowing, how the people in the room are trying to influence you right now. So you might make a decision and then five minutes later, you might be swayed around to a different decision and, you know, have a different view essentially today. And I think when I have coached clients who are in this area of people pleasing, but also trying to come across as that leader and that authority, they're struggling with that need of acceptance. And I think behaviors can come out in lots of different ways. So again, see if you can sort of identify with any of these behaviors, because if these are any of yours, maybe you're falling into that people pleasing bucket. So um, I find that people pleasers, uh, even if they're leaders, they might struggle to to delegate and they end up taking up a lot of the work themselves. So they don't want to appear too pushy. They don't want to appear like a meanie giving too much work to everybody else. So they actually will take on a lot of that work for themselves. So do you have difficulties delegating? Do you have difficulties saying, actually, this is something you guys need to take ownership of. And, and I actually don't need to do that anymore. Um, I think another thing that happens is, um, they, they can fear that they're going to let other people down somehow. I'm going to let you down. So that can lead to even more overwork. They'll take on more work from other people. Um, I think that fear and that rebelling almost against that idea of being isolated, they just want to be part of the gang. You know, they kind of have those behaviors around just wanting to be part of the gang. So they might sort of hang out with the team more than they probably should um, but you could argue that that's a good thing. You could argue, you know, all of these things you can argue one way or the other, but just have a think about the behaviors. And if you feel like it's actually somehow undermining your authority, constantly hanging out with the gang, for example, being part of the gang, um, have a ask of yourself, you know, is this actually helping me? Is this helping me establish the positioning and the perception that I really want to? Because I'm always coming at this from a personal branding perspective and how it's helping you elevate your executive presence and your positioning within your company. 
Um, like I mentioned before, you might find that some of your behaviors are around avoiding having critical conversations with people, challenging people's thinking, building on people's thinking, that kind of thing. Um, and just sort of accepting what people are saying as, as read. Uh, you might actually be bending over backwards to help individual team members. So there's, you know, we obviously want to be supportive of the team. We obviously want to develop the team, build the team. But are you actually overdoing it? Are you actually trying to bend the rules for individuals? Are you even creating favorites within the team? Because that can happen too. And then the last thing that I just want to reiterate is that behavior where you're changeable, i.e., you, because you want to please everybody, you agree with this person over here, but then you have a conversation five minutes later and you change your decision to match theirs, to make them feel accepted and to make you feel accepted as a result. So they're the kinds of behaviors that you get with this people pleasing um, in leadership. Um, and I know that your intention is solid. So that's the thing that I think is really important. Your intention is positive. You want to be there for the team. You're saying consciously or subconsciously to yourself, I'm the leader, but I've also got your back. And there's no harm in that. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong in being like that. It's when it gets to the extreme and it sort of becomes the be all and end all of everything else. So as we're always, always talking about, you've got to be thinking about whether or not your intention is actually matching the perception that people have of you how you're intending to be perceived. Do you want to be perceived as just likable? Is that what you're looking to achieve? And I'm going to be talking about that in a moment. But what is the intention? Do you want to be seen as somebody who's, you know, delivering results? Do you want to be seen as that leader who is um, an absolute asset to the organization? How do you actually want to be perceived? And then ask yourself, am I actually creating the perception that I really want and that's really going to help me in my career move forwards? We talk a lot about that mismatch between intention and perception in personal branding coaching that we do with clients because there's often a big mismatch between that. Your intention is good, but is it really, really what, you're, um, what people are experiencing of you? And is that helpful, secondly, to you and to your career? So I think teams, when they have overly empathetic or overly flexible leaders who bend to every individual need, I think the challenge with that particularly is it's sending mixed messages. Because if you think about it as a child and an adult, that kind of thing, the child is actually looking for clarity of the rules. It's actually looking to understand where it fits into the whole sort of um, matrix of the family and, and how it works. So if you think about it in the same way, a team is also looking to its leader for those rules, for those ways of existing within the team. And yes, you might agree those together as a team. It might not be the leader saying, this is how we're going to do it. You might actually collaborate and have that discussion together. But it still needs to be clear where the lines are you know, drawn. It still needs to be clear how we do business here. It still needs to be clear where the boundaries are. And I think when you're trying to be nice and then you're trying to be authoritative or you're saying yes to this person and then you're saying no to that person and then saying yes to the person and then you're changing your mind over here, it creates this sort of uncertainty. It sends out confusion. It sends out mixed messages to the team. And that sort of brings up questions of uncertainty and, and feeling out of control and feeling like there's no clear direction and possibly feeling like, you know, they're, they're undermining your authority. So you've got to be thinking about um, how you're delivering and how you're creating a particular atmosphere with your team. And you, like I say, you've got the best intentions as a people pleaser. You want to put everybody else's feelings and needs, you know, front and center. But you've got to also think, is there a cost to that 
for me? Is there a cost to that for me? So teams are looking, I think, for leadership and direction and clarity and certainty from their leader, right? So it needs to, you need to be giving clear instructions and you need to be giving clear direction and we need to feel like we're all on purpose and the same purpose and we're all driving for the same things. And I think that is what creates the stability in a team when you have that credibility from the outset. So if you are a leader right now and you're feeling like you've got that healthy balance of heart and backbone, where you're being empathetic, but you're also driving with authority, then I think you're kind of in this really lovely sweet spot where you've got the really good clear balance. But if you are a leader right now and you're listening and you're kind of feeling like you've got that leniency towards trying to please all parties all the time and that's actually undermining your credibility and your ability to do a great job, then it might be sending those mixed messages. It might be creating confusion in the team. You might be perceived as a bit of a pushover. And then it might be time to just start thinking about how you might tweak that approach. And I'd love to share three different ways you could do that. There are obviously more than three, but three is always a manageable number. And I don't want to overwhelm you because I've already talked quite a long time already. But I wanted to share with you three ideas that you can be thinking about how you can bolster your leadership. So the first thing I think is really useful is this idea of generating greater certainty in the team. And to do that, I think ultimately, you know, as the leader of the group, you want to be creating that feeling of safety. And safety comes from having certainty and clarity of purpose and direction. So clear messaging, direction, where we're going, the purpose of what we're doing and certainty. So certainty comes from boundaries and having those rules, whether written or unwritten in your team and rules that you might have agreed as a group. I'm not saying you need to dictate those. um, This is how we do business in this team. But I think you need to have some clarity of, you know, what's acceptable in this team and what's not. So ask yourself these questions. It might help. So do you feel like the team has certainty about what's going on? Do they know their direction? Do they know the vision? Do they understand how the work that they are doing on a day-to-day basis is actually making a profound impact on that vision? Do you think they feel confident in the direction that they're moving as a team? Do you feel like your communication is super duper clear? Do you think they understand exactly what you're saying to them? Because communication is two things. It's not just speaking. It's what's understood. So we have to always understand, do people understand what we're saying? And do they have confidence in your decision making? I think that's a really important question. So this is all about building greater certainty in the group. Um, so that's the first idea. I think it's worth having a bit of a brainstorm around how you think you're creating greater certainty in the group. The second idea that I have for you today is this idea of knowing the difference between being liked as a leader and being respected as a leader. They are very, very different things. So do you want to be thought of as a likable leader or a respected leader? Because likable implies that you're nice and friendly, but is that enough? Is that effective enough? Is that going to deliver you results? And is that going to build your presence within the company and build that respect and credibility? I think respected leadership is just a small shift away from likable. Respected leadership is that sweet spot and it's that balance between leading with heart and backbone. It's kind of having both. The heart is the empathy and the backbone is the authority. So you need to be thinking about how can I actually reconcile those two parts within me that feel like they're clashing 
And how can I make sure that I'm actually able to deliver both and comfortably and still feel really authentic in that space? So it's about having your teams back, but also having the authority to deliver the results with the team. And so ask yourself, if you feel like likable is an important value for you, just ask yourself, is likable enough? Is it going to get me what I really, really need here? And then the last thing I wanted to share with you is this idea of challenging that you can push back without believing it's going to result in conflict. Because I find that pleasing people-pleasing leaders often have this concern about creating conflict, believing that any conversation they have is going to result in some level of conflict and discord. So we have to challenge that thinking. We have to challenge that belief process that you've got into that if I challenge, if I criticize, even if I'm constructive in how I criticize, then it's going to result in some sort of pushback, challenge, they're not going to like me, alienation, rejection. So I think avoiding disagreeing with people is actually doing them and your team a massive disservice because we want that cognitive diversity when it comes to problem solving and discussing ideas within a team and challenging ideas to make those ideas better. So I think it's doing you and your team a disservice not to challenge and not to be that person who's looking to improve the thinking within a team. And if you want to um, also give feedback, it's the same idea. We need to resist this idea that giving feedback is going to be uh, resulting in my own alienation and my own, um, somebody sort of not liking me anymore, because that's the underlying fear that's there. I actually recorded a whole podcast all on how to give constructive feedback. So I will make sure that the link for that is in the show notes too, if you want to listen to that as well. But I really think it's important to get comfortable with the idea of challenging people's ideas and giving them constructive feedback and realizing for all of you that that's for the best of the team. It improves the thinking within the team. It improves the outputs of the team ultimately. So I hope you've got an absolute stack out of today's conversation. And if you're a people-pleasing leader and you're looking for support and you feel like your current uh, positioning within the company is really not helping you move forward in your career, maybe you feel like your credibility is currently being undermined, maybe you feel it's difficult to have those difficult, in inverted commas, conversations with people, I would love to speak with you because it's one of the things that I absolutely love helping my clients do is to really show up how they want to show up and in a way that is going to deliver the best results both for them and for the team. It's really important that it's always about both of those two things at the same time. So get in touch with me if that's something you're excited about and you're ready to discuss. I don't talk with anybody unless they're ready yet because there's no point. You have to be ready to take on coaching. You have to be ready to work with somebody like me. So if you are interested and you are ready, you might like to download our free resource. It's called The Seven Habits of Female Execs Who Get Promoted. You can get your copy by going to rebeccasfreegift.com and it will just come straight to your inbox and you can start absorbing all those interesting strategies all around personal branding and building your presence within your company so that you do create exactly the positioning that you absolutely need to have with the people around you so that they see your value and recognize that value. It's all about getting recognition, getting the pay rises and the promotions that you want and feeling really fulfilled in the work that you do. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute delight as always, and I look forward to seeing you next week. 